because we are living in a chemical world and I'm a chemical nondescript person. We are living in a chemical world and I am a chemical girl. We are living in a chemical world and I am a chemical girl or boy. We are living in a chemical world and I am a chemical. Hello. And good afternoon. Welcome to Chemical World on KDK Community Radio. I am Kenna Crampton. And I am Maggie Seldeen, your faithful co-host as always and founder and director of High Rockies Harm Reduction. We are really excited about this September episode. We have uh, we got a few submissions of poems from different people throughout the community. So thank you so much to those who contributed. And we're really excited to share uh, these stories and poems with y'all. Absolutely. And September is Suicide Awareness Month as well as National Recovery Month. And here at Chemical World, a big part of what we do in our mission of reducing the stigma of substance use and behavioral health needs in general is giving power to the voices of our community that are affected by these issues. And so I think that Kenna's idea of having people submit poems relevant to recovery for September was beautiful and genius, as she always is, (laughs) because the power of storytelling is similar to the power of support groups in that we can hear ourselves in these stories. We can relate to the emotions that we hear in these poems, in music, in all forms of art. And when we identify with other people going through similar struggles, it kind of reduces that feeling of isolation and helps us realize that isolation, loneliness, depression, anxiety, worthlessness, these are all very common symptoms of addiction. And also that addiction itself manifests in a lot of different ways. For some people, it's alcohol and substances. For some people, it's objects like over shopping and hoarding, or it can be overeating, or it can be undereating, or self-harm, or gambling. In addiction itself, it can even be over-exercising or being too obsessed mm-hmm. with nutrition. And so it's, it's a very broad thing that affects all of us. And so we're very excited to share these poems with you today in the hopes that we can all come together to address these issues as one loving community. That's beautiful. And, you know, I think even just as the human experience, uh, we all (laughs) feeling isolated, feeling worthless, feeling sad or anxious or any of those. That's so that's very common, no matter who you are, whether you have a problem with addiction or not. Those are things that we all feel. And I think when we hear that other people feel that way, it really helps to know that oh, I'm not the only one who feels all of this anxiety and pressure right now. Mm -hmm. Overwhelm, yeah. And that's the beauty of art in all its many forms is that it kind of reminds us of our humanity. And sometimes that's uncomfortable, but the emotions are what connects us all. Totally. I, Yeah, and I think, um, I just think the, the definition of art is so broad and it can be, you know, music, poems, visual art, movies, shows, whatever it is that you feel you can relate to. Radio engineering. Radio. Podcast. <laughs> and um and I just have to mention that uh fall membership drive starts next week. So mm-hmm. if you 
find these programs, these public affairs programs that we do here on KDNK, really, truly voices of our community giving information, uh, you can go to kdnk.org and click on donate or give us a call here at the station, 963-0139. As membership director, I feel like I have to say that <laughs> and as a you know lifetime kdnk listener longtime member i gotta say that you know membership has so many perks not only do you get to support the wonderful algorithm and ad free programming that we provide to the community and the amazing things that go on here like the andy zanka youth empowerment program but you also get uh, merch and like first dibs on merch i think i'm already in some sort of lottery as an early bird um That's right re upper for my me fall membership and there's lots of you know membership events that go on and you get discounts and first dibs on a lot of items and activities in the community so always That's a great true. way to give yeah, definitely. Thank you. And thank you to all of you out there who have already given or support KDNK. But uh, without further ado, I would love to hear one of your poems that you brought with you today. Maggie? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kenna. And again, thank you so much for this beautiful idea. So I have two poems I'm going to read for you today. Everything's fine. Everything's fine, they always say as lives implode and fade away. The words in journals stacked up high show me that it wasn't fine, that I was suffering all the time, that I truly longed to die, to escape this cage of mine, flooded out with booze and wine, pills and shots and thin white lines, creeping in through family ties, as if written in the skies, and interpreted through bloodshot eyes that I'm destined to live this life. And yes, I may still be alive, but no, I wouldn't say it's fine. Thank you, Maggie, for sharing. Ooh, <laughs> that's funny because just the first line, I am fine, just got me tearing up because I just think, I think that's such a common thing to say. I'm fine. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. When you're really not. So Yeah, and I didn't even think about it when I was writing that poem that that is like the quintessential thing that people are stereotyped as saying when they're absolute like the <laughs> oh, if she says she's fine, that means or what it, I can't say it on the radio, but somebody told me that um fine actually stands for effed up insecure, neurotic, and uh, oh, I can't remember what the E is, but basically, that yeah, that's the joke, that yeah. fine is an expression we use when things are not okay. Yeah, and I, I didn't realize that I, that it just that, that like hit me so <laughs> hard all of a sudden, just like, I am fine, um, even though lately I have been feeling good, <laughs> but um, the last few months have definitely been real up and down roller coasters. So anyway, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's been a really hectic summer and year for a lot of people and, you know, going beyond all of the additional just stresses and strains of COVID. And I was thinking this morning as I continue to battle every day with depression that, you know, I'm always a little happy and I'm always a little sad because mm. I'm here, I'm alive, and I'm breathing, but I also will always carry, you know, those experiences and also just the people that I've lost with me. And so there's always going to be that duality and there's always going to be hardships, but, you know, the poems help. 
Yeah, definitely. Having a having a space and a place to um, express those feelings really helps because, yeah, I think that's such a great way to say it, that I'm always okay and I'm always not okay. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I think we, we've always there's always been those six stages or five stages of grief. And uh, I think that we're starting to learn that there's never that point where you accept and you're okay. You know, um, I just uh, had the 19 year anniversary of, <clears throat> of my dad's death. And it was like all over again, you know, it's like you're right there again mm -hmm. like I'm a 14 year old kid all over again so it's never really over I mean and it and it does get better obviously like with with time heals all wounds but um I don't think you're ever really healed from losing family or people who are really close to you yeah, I don't even know about that time healing all wounds <laughs> yeah. thing. And and yeah, it's it's just so true. And I think about, you know, those stages of grief. And then I think about the way that I talk to people about recovery, that it's not this, you know, straight line where you go through all these steps in the succinct order and timeline. You know, it's a cycle and it's different. And you could be angry one day and sad the next. And you could, yeah, I mean, you know, when people tell you to let it go, it's like, First of all, we all have different things we hold on to, and we might not understand why somebody holds on to something, but it's not easy. Like, just because something happened 20 years ago, yeah, it doesn't mean that it doesn't still hurt. Yeah. And I think when I think of the time heals all wounds, I actually think of this modest mouse lyric that's, as time gets longer, awful feels softer, and it feels pretty soft to me. Mm -hmm. And so it's just that, yeah, we kind of, develop like a thick skin to these things which is interesting because uh, studies show that some people with excessive trauma develop thicker skins and some people become more sensitive and I was even thinking to myself last night I wonder if like that depends on the day or the situation you know yeah, sometimes totally. I feel really strong and sometimes I feel like you know, I could be knocked over with a feather and lose everything. Like I was telling you, I was so proud of myself today for not having a panic attack about leaving my phones at home and just like <laughs> moving on with my day and doing what needs to be done. But it's not always easy. And, and everybody, yeah, everybody's process is going to be different. And I think, you know, you can still be sensitive and strong, you know, it's almost well, it takes a lot of strength to be super sensitive and move through this world. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's I mean, you're my, I mean, I believe that it's it takes a much stronger person to, you know, really dig into these emotions and, and deal with it. And yeah, be sensitive to the world. And I think and I'm not trying to generalize because I just feel like this is me is I build like walls around me and that that mm -hmm. strength, quote unquote, is actually, you know, a bad thing. And it actually hurts me because it, it closes you off to the world and to those feelings. And like, yeah, I mean, this is what the conversation we're having is like, what is life without feelings? And life yeah. is the one thing that we have while we have it. I don't know. I'm rambling now. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed that poem. So speaking of pain and sensitivity, we have a poem submission from a Mr. Tristan Mead. He uh, sent us his poem and asked for us to read it, but I wanted to give him credit. It was Tristan Mead who wrote this poem, so thank you for your submission. Scars. Deep, painful scars. Scars of a boy, 
a lost boy looking for answers, understanding love. Scars that tell a story, a story of weakness, unworthiness, and pain. What happened? Where did he go? Trying to find himself, yet shut out by those he loved. Pain. How does he release the pain? Lost and alone. The blade is inviting, it's kind. Maybe it's the answer to the pain. The blade hits the skin. The pain doesn't go away. The pain stays. And now there are scars to remind him. To remind him of the pain. The scars are a reminder of a lost boy, a weak boy wanting acceptance and love. Scars. The scars tell a story. A story of a strong, independent man. A story of loss. A story of pain. A story of growth. And a story of a man finding himself. The scars do not define the man. The scars are a reminder. A reminder of the pain. A reminder of the strength and perseverance. A reminder of the beauty. The beauty of a man. And the beauty of acceptance. Pain is real. The scars are real. The scars were a part of, of the boy and the scars are a part of the journey that made the boy a man. A loving man, a strong man, a loved and accepted man. Beautiful are the scars and beautiful is the man. Beautiful, Tristan, thank you so much. Yeah, um, that was amazing. We also have a couple submissions from another community member, Casey Criswell. She is an employee of High Rockies Harm Reduction. She is the newest peer recovery coach. So thank you, Casey. We are going to hear one from her now and hear another one uh, in a little bit. I showered again, brushed my hair and teeth, got dressed, and even walked to the end of the driveway. And I was pretty much sober. Then a wave of anxiety and panic hit me. I turned around and ended up back on the couch. The tequila will calm me down, or so I think. I hate myself. I ruin everything. I never do anything right, and I'm a constant letdown to myself and everyone around me. I'm a terrible person, and I deserve every bad thing that ever happens to me. It's like I get so self-absorbed that I don't care or think about anyone else. All that matters is how I feel at the time. I don't think about yesterday or tomorrow, just right now. Instant gratification. To hell with the consequences. To hell with everyone. Like losing friends because they finally realize that I only call when I need them to listen to my hysterical and over-exaggerated problems. Sure, I lead on that I'm calling to see how they're doing... But all I really want to do is bitch about my own stupid life. Me, me, me. So selfish, shallow, and stubborn. What makes me so much smarter and better than everyone else? Funny that I can be so conceited, even though I hate myself so much. It doesn't make sense. I really do care, though. I just wish I had more time to spend with friends and family. But I only ever have time for work, tequila, and me, duh. I could blame it on the survival mode that I've been thrown into as a result of being used and abandoned. 
Or I could blame it on the fact that I'm physically and mentally exhausted from working and drinking too much. I could fix these things. Apathy kicks in, but why? I suppose I'm just too big of a coward to do so, I guess. And I need help. But I'm officially jaded. I've completely lost my faith in humanity. I don't believe anyone that says that they can or are willing to help me. Not like anyone would want to. I have to take care of myself because nobody else will. That means making myself happy. Unfortunately, at the cost of others sometimes. I will hear you, but not listen. I won't believe anything you say until you break down my wall, if you can. And I will tell you what you want to hear just to avoid the ridicule I know I deserve. Just remember, I won't be the last person to let you down because people suck. Thank you, Casey. And then we have a, another submission from Mr. Raleigh Burley. And here is his poem. Nearly forgotten, half remains. I've been through a wash heart burning yet, as crumble do my circumstance, tire do I of these play, every twisting and folding to be forgotten, we are all forgotten. Contain nothing, restore permission to one's madness to be unconcerned with any other, but true to thine self, free to emanate a soul's gushing promise has poured forth, untrifled by worry. Ever in our anger we reveal our core, the hell of heaven, the substance of spirits. We are our stories, where once a field grew food. Wake up, free the narrative from the nation of images, conceptions yet to birth. No matter what you choose, choose to be glad. Be glad, even as you are dragged into shadow. Love anyway. What happened? I climbed to my death, bored my nakedness to God, and returned to the temple to revere my mother mountain and to ask redemption, then splayed out having known that God resides in discomfort and a willingness to stay, and there's something greater, more merciful than God. My friends arrived as I lounged like a god among my temple, and the moon slid across the sun. I returned for clothes, for weed, for sun-viewing filters, my ceremonial knife left charging. I saw another mountain in leisure across the valley and knew the draw. It is a mountain within view of my own. I stepped on the singing, sliding stones, our civilization, a moss gestating on the surface. I sat along the edge, my fingers fixing a mudra asana, a hawk above, a cloud drawing close. I viewed the mountains change to cloud, reflecting the still waters of heaven.
The metabolic water drains bacteria. We are a parasite eating a healthy planet. We were loved and now we flush. To sin is to miss. Notice there is no checklist. Moment by moment, we balance our focus on the love between all things by the rhythm of our heart. To miss is to be distracted. The godlike activity of stacking rocks, highest love flirting back. Passing through a ghost, betrayal, the crosswalk cop self-shot in the elementary parking lot. Benevolence, bless thy soul. Like the ocean herself, in subtle sighs, retreating tides, and fogging ambiguity, my dreaming mind veils what is known in breathing mystery, calling home my soul that would forever live in shifting song, like the ocean herself flips our determined boats. The travel exhausts and chokes my chi, Truly, to have soul and a responsive sense of place requires a giving of oneself to home. There we grow as a tree in communion with its shadow, calm, patient, and strong. Together, we form a canopy. Thank you, Raleigh. Here is Casey's other poem. I'm having a hard time dealing with my past. I'm having a hard time dealing with my present. I'm having a hard time with not being able to trust anyone or asking for or accepting help when I need it. I'm having a hard time with past infidelities and sexual experiences. I really feel like a scumbag and that I only ever bring people down. Consumed by self-loathing and doubt and fear. I'm sorry I'm so sad and upset and mean all the time. I've cried almost every single day for the past three years. Spreading my misery to everyone I love. I'm having a hard time keeping my chin up after being so sad for so long. The slightest prod could be enough to send my entire day into a downward spiral of drama and depression until I successfully ruin my day, if not yours, and a family member's, and maybe some random victim at work or elsewhere. I felt used and neglected for so long. I've convinced myself that everyone is trying to con me or play me for their own benefit. I, for some reason, also allow people to treat me poorly because I'm desperate for attention, good or bad. I'm sick of feeling like nobody listens to me or cares about my opinions or feelings. I'm sick of wondering whether or not I should even stand up for myself or wondering whether or not I even deserve to be happy. I suck the joy out of everyone I care about. I don't deserve to be treated right. I don't even know what that looks like or feels like. Respect, I guess. But apparently I'm so unobservant and sensitive and disrespectful myself that nobody ever wanted to waste too much time or energy fussing over me. I guess I'm not worth it. I suck. Every time I turn around, something else blows up in my face, and I blame myself. I hate myself. 
I wish I could be optimistic like I used to be. But life is so full of disappointment. I just want to give up already. But I won't. I'll keep on going. Sadly. Maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't. Maybe I'll get better. Maybe I'll get worse. Maybe I need help. As hard as that is to admit. And what terrifies me is what if nobody knows how to help me? I sure don't. And I'm sure it'll be more work than anyone is willing to put in. But this pile keeps adding up and it's not going anywhere until I get a shovel. I don't know where to begin or how. Wow, powerful. Thank you so much, Casey. And here is my poem that I wrote and shared on our May episode of Chemical World. As she sat by the river, she thought. She thought about all the people she lost, all the people she pushed away, all of the people that left. She could count her remaining relatives on one hand. She could hear the ducks go by as she tallied up all the people she would never see again, not in this life. It's lonely here, here by the river and here in life. Where was everyone? Did she know or care? Did they care where she was? It was just her. Until she does something about it, that is how it will be. It hadn't been long since her dad died. She was waiting for it and knew it would happen. So why was she surprised when it did? Because she had canceled the last plans she had ever made with him? Or was it simply because she missed her dad? None of these questions would last long rattling around in her head. Soon she would find a way to quiet those questions. Alcohol. The very same thing that took her dad away from her. When alcohol came into the picture, the, question became, the questions became easier. Where is the bottle? Easier, but more complicated. Most of the time, she wasn't sure where the problems came from. So easy to let go. It wasn't until he came into her life that she considered maybe she wanted problems that mattered. Maybe to answer those questions left behind long ago. She didn't need a man to change her life. She needed someone to love her and to be there through it all to hold her hand when things got scary. Someone to live for. Before him, it was some guy. She, she nearly wished she would die just to get away from him. Still, the idea of leaving and starting over seemed like too big of a task, but she did it. Against all odds, she withstood his harassment for a month. Then he crashed her car. But in the end, I think he did it for her own good, to set her free. She never was sure if he knew how badly he treated her or if he didn't know any better. But it didn't matter because she was free. Free to fall in love, but for real. The kind of love that rushes at you when you don't know how you ever lived, but lived without this person. When you wonder how anything in the world ever made sense before them. Was the sky always this blue? the mountain always so majestic? Yes, but before she couldn't appreciate any of it because her world was so ugly and the ugliness rubbed off on everything else. Love truly does save lives. She is living, breathing proof. And then we have one more from Miss Maggie Seldine. Thanks, Kenna. This one's called The Path. The path I walk is wild and free. Green on green for eternity, 
The trail I follow is hidden and vague as the wind carries me on its way. I often lose sight of my feet beneath the grass, soft and deep. But as I walk, the trail defines, guiding me toward love divine. A sacred clearing which I seek, the secrets that the forest keeps. For I know not what I'll find, deep within my heart and mind. The path she weaves and guides me on, showing me the forest song of life and death, love and grief, the cycles of the lives we lead. At some time all shall end, but for now we seek to mend. The forest tells the story of ourselves, souls disguised in mortal shells, and gives the tools we need to heal, to love and hurt, to think and feel. That was beautiful. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> that was uh, that was a little intense to read. I was impressed with myself. <laughs> well, you read it beautifully. So thank you. <laughs> I was pr I've been practicing. <laughs> well, and I wrote. Um, I actually did write these two poems as part of a project I did over the summer with Kath Adams for her Overdose Awareness Day efforts. And it was like a photo journalism project. So mm. she let me a really nice Nikon camera and took me out and taught me how to use it. And then, um, yeah, those poems came out. So they actually have uh, like pictures that go with them. Oh, cool. We can we will post those on social media. So be sure to follow Chemical World on Facebook and Instagram for the pictures and the poems from Miss Maggie Seldine. And for any information that you'd like about um, what we're doing here with Chemical World and High Rockies Harm Reduction, you can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, Katie and Kay as well. Yeah, there's lots of cool people to follow on, on Facebook and Instagram and uh, social media platforms. You can also learn more about what we do at HighRockiesHarmReduction.com and listen to Chemical World wherever you get your podcasts. And I just wanted to say, you know, one last thing about September. It's kind of serendipitous, I guess you could say, that Suicide Awareness Month and National Recovery Month are the same because these are definitely intersecting issues. And again, people struggling with depression are often also struggling with substance use. It's very often that we have co-occurring issues. And something that I heard recently that I thought was really beautiful, I was part of a Naloxone Champion storytelling project over the summer where we collected videos of people's stories about Narcan and overdose from all over the state. And there was a young man in one of the videos um, from one of the cities who was very articulate and he was talking about how, you know, what you have to think about when you think about people who use substances is that these people, if they didn't turn to substances, may have otherwise turned to suicide. And the individuals who struggle with these issues are affected by all of these issues. And, yeah, suicide is often drug-related. I mean, the majority of people who I've lost to suicide were under the influence when they killed themselves. So these issues are both very important to me personally, and we're just very excited to be addressing these issues and how they intersect with 
the work we do here on Chemical World. And so I just wanted to remind everyone that you can always reach out to me about any of these issues or for free Narcan or harm reduction supplies at Maggie at HighRockiesHarmReduction.com. See our full service schedule again at HighRockiesHarmReduction.com or call me at 970-618-4194. If you suspect an overdose, call 911 immediately. And if you are in need of behavioral health services or in a crisis situation, call the Colorado Crisis Hotline at 1-844-493-8255. Again, the Colorado Crisis Hotline is 1-844-493-8255. And tune into Katie and Kay at 4.30 for our next episode, October 11th. And you can also find all of our past episodes and extended versions of our episodes at katieandk.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're there, go ahead and leave us a review. Uh, That helps us know um, how we're doing and helps us be found by more people so we can help as many people as possible. And just a reminder that uh, fall membership drive does start next week. So if you want to be an early bird, go ahead and go to katieandk.org and click on donate. Or you can call us here at the station 963-0139. Thank you so much, Maggie. Thank you, Kenna, as always. Have a great afternoon, everyone. And just remember, you don't have to be sober to keep your community clean. Drugs may come and drugs may go, and that's all right, you see. Experience has made me rich, and now I can use safely. It might be beer, it might be dope, it may even be caffeine. But we all have a little something that keeps us on our feet. What's important is being safe and stopping the spread of disease. You do not have to be sober to keep your community clean. Cause we are living in a chemical world and I am a chemical girl. Oh boy, we are living in a chemical world and I am a chemical gender nondescript. We are living in a chemical world and I am a chemical. We are living in a chemical world and I am a chemical girl. You know we are living in a chemical world and I am a chemical girl.